everybody. It's your girl, Tiffany, part of the RXP podcast. I'm here today hosting the episode alongside my crew, Alex. Wow, this is a very unorthodox intro. And Matt. Hello, fellow Tarnished. So the three of us are here today, RXP podcast, podcast where three working professionals talk about their love for games, movies, and TV shows. Today's episode is all about that little state of play that aired on March 9th, 2022. Now, some of us watched that state of play live. And some of us listened to an audio version of that state of play announcement as she drived home to make this podcast recording. Mm. So I'm going to let you guys guess who did what. <laughs> but we're going to give you your thoughts about it. I'm going to have the boys kind of tell me about it, give me their ambiance and like feelings and vibes from some of the announcements, see if they're excited or not. I have an inkling of some things, but still mm-hmm. don't really know since, you know, basically y'all, I'm a I'm a flying by the seat of my pants host today. It's perfect. And I'm gonna I'm gonna open the floor. Uh who has the most feels Let and me wants just to tell talk you, about Tiffany. their imp- Oh, Matt's already interrupted yeah, me. Let's he, do it. He's feeling yeah. it. Yeah, he's See, feeling it. Let's go. Tell me one, about it. The one state of play to listen to, this is probably the absolute worst because the music that they picked for all of these trailers were so weird. Like, it was such a weird state of play. <laughs> I mean, Honestly, you can't blame Sony for that, though, right? Because no, like, no, no, no. It's, from other it's devs, the developers, so. yeah. Um, yeah, or it was marketers, mostly marketers. party. Yeah, I guess you're 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 right. You're right. Um, there was like a rap adjacent song for First Spoken, I think, which like, I dug. I that's yeah. the one I really liked. And you know what? Let's just start there because Forspoken, I was kind of like trashing on Forspoken because of how janky it looked. I don't know if I'm like, if my expectations are less. I felt like it was less janky, and it was cool looking. Like it, it looked fun. And I don't. Can you know... describe? some of it to me because oh yeah, yeah. i so watch it. so basically and i'll describe the less jank <laughs> yeah you can fill in the gaps but y- there were like the main character i don't know if she has a name yet she was all over the place kind Frey of like walking. holland okay she was you know bobbing and weaving and and getting around and dodging and doing all these things she was making these spells all the spells okay. were super colorful they filled okay. up the entire space like it was, it looked like a powerful engine was behind it, which made me really excited. Like I'm playing Elden Ring right now and the spells in that game are like beautiful. And this I felt like was even bigger. Like there were bigger stages because it wasn't just like, oh, this is a blue spell or this is a purple spell. Like it was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there were greens and blues and reds and pinks and everything in all of these spells. And it just, the whole gameplay looked very dynamic. And I feel like we didn't really get to look at the world as a whole. So maybe okay. these were just kind of like smaller set pieces. But I went away thinking, maybe I'll check this out. And all the prior trailers up to this point, I was like, mm, maybe I'll see what Alex says. Okay. And, you know, I did know that um, we recently got news that this was delayed until October 11th, 2022. Still this year. So essentially you got better feels from the visuals of this. So I'll make sure to watch this trailer when I get a chance. Alex, did you also get more joyous feelings about this? Yeah, I think it's interesting that they chose that music for the trailer because we don't know, right? Is that music in the game? You know, is this going to be like 
Stranger of Paradise where like Limp Biscuit is like in the game or something. And that's is like it really canon? Yeah. Like is I, like who knows? Maybe they're just going for the feels, as we mentioned before, could be marketers. Uh, but I think it's an interesting trailer because it really was just a gameplay trailer. Uh, there was some dialogue, but it mostly wasn't about the story or anything. They showed a lot of new enemies that weren't in previous trailers. So this was really to get you excited to say, hey, when you play this game, it's heavy focus on magic, heavy focus on visuals, heavy focus on traversal. And I think this was just more of what they've showed off besides the dialogue. And that gets me excited to say, maybe I'll definitely play this game and not care about the story, right? I think there's a lot of times where you have to go in with your expectations to say there's going to be things you like and things you don't like, and it seems like the mm-hmm. story might be something that takes a backseat to the rest of the game. And I think it's I'm fine with that. You know, it might be similar to some other things that have come out recently where the story takes a backseat to the actual gameplay. And so I think uh, Forspoken might fall in the same line, but definitely visually looks great. You know, I think if for one thing people can at least admit to is that Square Enix games have really good particle effects and lighting. And I think mm-hmm. Forspoken continues that trend of the magic just looks visually p- pleasing. Listen, I'm a magic girl myself. And so I'm very pleased to hear that uh, perception or like impression from both of you. And you know what? Let's put it out there. Another game that was like, you know, my game of the year last year that had a story that took a backseat, a hard backseat was uh, It Takes Two. So I'm okay with putting story behind me mm-hmm. and enjoying the gameplay and set pieces. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, remember, uh, I... it's just an isekai. This will be the most high-budget isekai game to exist. Listen, I was about to argue with that and be like, um, Arceus is also an isekai game, but yeah, it's not high-budget. Um, so... You know, kind of going, you already mentioned another game that kind of got a little glimmer in the showcase, and that's Strangers of Paradise. So I, I, sounds like there's a new demo that's coming off the presses, even though this game comes out in about a week and a half. Has this game, was there a trailer? Like, did it show anything interesting for you guys? Intriguing? I know Alex has been on the fence about it. Yeah, they showed a little bit more of the combat, but it mostly was just an ad for the demo. But Mm -hmm. I have heard, it wasn't explained in the trailer, but progress in the demo carries over to the full game. Love that. All demos should do that. Yeah, Square Enix is very big on demos carrying progress forward, at least as of recently, right? I know, I think Babylon's Falls demo had it. And Triangle Strategies demo had it, and now Stranger Mm -hmm, Paradise mm -hmm. had it. So they Mm -hmm. seem very big on, hey, we're going to give you the first bit of the game to play for free, and then your save carries forward, which is great. You know, it's not time wasted, right? You don't have to replay the content. Quality Um, of life changes right there. Yeah, definitely. I think, though, I'm still on the fence about it, if I'm being honest. I, I have played the first demo that came out last fall, and I thought it was very interesting. You know, it also has up to three-player co-op uh, because it's from Team Ninja, right, who did Neo and Neo 2. And those games were known for also having three-player co-op. And back when I tried out the co-op with the two of my friends in that first demo, it definitely feels good. I mean, there was an optional boss in that demo that was like, quote-unquote, like the hardest thing, right? And it took us multiple tries and like actually strategizing to say, hey, we need to be careful because you actually share a pool of healing. Mm-hmm. And 
when you run out, right, you can't heal anymore. So when one of your teammates goes down, you can't res them anymore. So it definitely adds that layer of strategy to say, when are you being aggressive, when you're not being aggressive. And, you know, as it being a Final Fantasy game, there are classes. So you spec into different things, like the Dragoon is a class. You can be, you know, a Paladin, you know, the typical kind of Final Fantasy classes that exist. Um, so I think there is promise, especially because I love Neo 2. And so the fact that Team Ninja is making this, that made that, and this is just kind of a Final Fantasy skin on top of it, I think that promise is there. Uh, and definitely I'll try out the demo, but I think uh, I'm not 100% there yet whether or not I'll actually get it on release. Okay. Yeah, it looks interesting. Like, it's cool because I saw enemies that I've recognized from Final Fantasy. Like, there was a Marlboro that was mm-hmm. showed in the in the trailer today, which was like, oh, cool. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it that feels Final Fantasy. Everything else doesn't feel Final Fantasy to me. Like, I know people have explained that it's similar to a Souls game. Maybe, Alex, you said that. Maybe someone else said that. I'm, I'm not sure. But that part intrigues me. I like more Souls combat. I, I just don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I guess if I had a group of three that was really into it and they needed, like, a third, I could be, I could probably be convinced. Like, this could be my game, especially if it's more Souls-like than anything else. But, yeah, it, it was good. I, I'm kind of, like, ready for to stop seeing it at this point. Like, I think, you know, what's done is done. I also don't know why they're doing a demo this close to release. It's just... yeah. It's just kind of strange. Oh. I didn't expect that at all. Well, do you think it's the whole, like, your save data carries over? So, like, almost maybe it's, like, an intro, and it's like, hey, you know, I know this might not be on anyone's radar, and they might have forgotten this game comes out soon, but check us out, please. Yeah, that's true. I did notice they used some of the theme songs, uh, very familiar tracks mm-hmm. uh, near the tail end of that, so that was pretty cool. Um, so any other like standouts for you guys from the another, state of play? I'm not another gonna... game that I was kind of tired of. I'm a little bit tired of seeing now is Ghostwire Tokyo. Let me guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay, just like, like yeah, you know, this is this is another game, and PlayStation routinely does this with some of their bigger titles. Like we saw it a lot last year with Deathloop. Is they almost show them right up to when they release, and I think that uh, Ghostwire Tokyo comes out what the same day as chaos or whatever whatever it's called oh no no it comes out march march 25th yeah so a week after gotcha um a week after chaos yeah week (laughs) after chaos um which i'm really excited for ghostwire tokyo i'm i'm interested to see when the review embargo comes up because i'm interested to see if it plays as cool as it looks it's just one of those things where they showed a lot more of the story in different cutscenes that I know will probably be in-game cutscenes, and I kind of just want to go in as blind as possible. So for me, I was kind of like, ah, well, I could have done without it because for me, I feel like I'm pretty sold on it unless the reviews come out and they're just like, eh, meh, and maybe I'll, you know, wait for a sale because it'll probably inevitably go on sale, you know, around the holidays or something. I mean, the real question is, on March 25th, we have another blockbuster coming yeah. out that day right yeah tiny so, tina's wonderlands uh, no false kirby is and a the forgotten small land. pink ball of joy it's full of love. tiny tina <laughs> and maybe full of a car or a vending yeah. machine <laughs> oh some might say a mouthful you know 
Yeah. Um, so any other kind of like highlights? I'm not going to lie. I didn't really see or hear <laughs> anything more exciting. I also I will, so wasn't. Oh, I will on. say the most exciting thing that I saw is something that I will actually go re-download, which is Returnal. Returnal is getting a free oh. update, and it's not only a free update, which is fantastic. I was expecting, yeah, I'll drop $10 or $20 or whatever on DLC. It, they're giving it away for free, and it's coming out this month, which, one, they're opening up co-op campaign, which is really cool. But then they also, it's called um, Returnal Ascension, which is basically kind of you go into this tower and every level it gets a little bit more difficult a little bit more difficult you know very kind of video game-esque thing survival mode-esque yeah yeah and so there's supposedly more story which like if you go listen to our peer review with alex and i talking about returnal we both had completely opposite decisions on what returnal was about like it's one of those stories and so i'm kind of interested to see what new story beats we get um, and where it goes from here. I, I'm, I'm really stoked. I hope the Ascension, they were, they didn't really, they said co-op campaign. I would really love for the Ascension to be co-op. I think that would be really cool. So I did take a peek at the official release. Unfortunately, that survival mode is only solo. So is the it? campaign, only the campaign portion is co-opable. But the benefit in the co-op is that Anything, any audio files you find or xenoglyphs you find actually carry over to the co-op player. So oh. if you come across collectibles oh. in the other player's campaign that you're co-oping with, you keep that with you. And I think definitely for the people out there that may have tried to go for the platinum, but you know struggled like Matt and I did if you listen to our peer review, where some of the collectibles, due to the randomness and how rooms are generated were very difficult because it was a lot of running it back to the same locations, realizing the room with the thing didn't spawn and then having to reset and try it again uh, was very frustrating. And hopefully something like this, you know, encourages more people to play it if they thought the game was too difficult, but also for the people that wanted to trophy hunt and find the more lore related items can do it more easily, right? If they're playing with someone else, they get to keep that too. So I definitely appreciate that, but I do agree with Matt. Uh, the endless survival mode sounds really great. They said there's a leaderboard tied to it. And I know previous uh, games from Housemark have always been about the arcade style, like leaderboards, like seeing where you rank worldwide, where you rank with your mm -hmm. friends. And so, you know, the core game of Returnal not really have any kind of score based thing besides the daily challenges, I think was missing something like this. And so definitely mm -hmm. this is an amazing update. I'm not 100% sure if I'll go back to it, mostly because I felt like it's a game that really required a lot of focus for me to like be good at it and get through it because of how demanding it is. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely it's something that I'm glad, you know, I supported it and got the game on release, mostly kind because of, cause of uh, Matt's kind of initial uh, experience hype with it. train. Yeah, the hype. And also just from him playing it. And so... Definitely great to see this game free DLC as well, right? Obviously, this was a $70 game at launch, and so might have been a little bit more of an ask to, for 10 or 20 extra dollars on top of that 70 but the fact mm -hmm. that this is free is, I think, just great value. You think they're going to release new trophies? Oh, I think the survival mode will definitely have new trophies. Definitely. Yes. So that that 100% oh will, will drop down <laughs> to less than 100 I can't wait. 
can't wait. Alex, uh, anything else for you? Yeah, I mean, Matt's big on Returnal Ascension update. Now, this is something I'm not big on, but I do want to shout out because I have one thing I am really big on. I want to shout out the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fighting game, mostly because this is a game that I think came out originally on the PlayStation, and this is basically a remaster of it slash like content update. And, you know, for for those of you that don't know JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, you know, it's Japanese anime slash manga. It's something that's a very popular in Japan. You know, it has several seasons of anime. You know, I think they're on what they call part eight. They call each season basically a part. So I think they're on part eight. And this is something that I think is kind of similar to kind of the era of Naruto or One Piece, where this is a long running series that I think has just struggled to kind of get out of Japan. And so the fact that this is even coming out makes me more convinced to say, I've never watched or read this, and I feel like I need to like eventually get to this. Like This is on my to-do list of things to watch, mostly because I hear a lot of great things about people just liking the show, even though it is kind of strange, right? It's in the title. It's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, but also the fact that I feel like a lot of uh, anime in general, right, typically just get fighting game adaptations. But the fact that this has 50 characters in it, which I th- hopefully spans kind of the entire history of JoJo, I think is just interesting to see because visually too, it looks amazing, right? It looks very similar to how the art style of the manga is and the anime. So definitely just from a visual perspective, I really appreciate them being able to carry that into game format. So I just want to shout it out. Looks really cool. Probably won't pick it up, but definitely, you know, I like to see it. Dude, when you said it was originally on the PlayStation, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I thought JoJo's Bizarre Adventure was literally, like, only 10 years old. I had no idea this started in, like, 1987. Yeah. That's wild. It's old. It's That's why I'm saying it's up there with, like, One Piece and not, like, this is part of that old guard that is still, like, going on. And so I think there's a lot of respect for it and a lot of people enjoy it but it's just difficult to i guess get a lot of content for it because of how weird it is so you know hopefully something like this brings jojo into a kind of a wider light not to say i'm a jojo fan but at least i appreciate that it seems like the fans of jojo are very passionate about it you know for better or for worse however that may be right um but the the one announcement that i'm most excited for you know out of everything is and I don't know how this is if this is how it's pronounced, but it makes sense to me. And that's the Diafield Chronicle. Okay. And so this is a strategy RPG coming from Square Enix, right? They're pumping these things out. You know, we just got Triangle Strategy, and now we're getting another strategy game with the Diafield Chronicle. Part of the reason I think it's called Diafield is that the arenas look like dioramas. They kind of have this like 3D look to it where it's like as if it's a diorama and you have like little characters that like stand in it. So the buildings are 3D mm-hmm. and the characters are 3D. So I'm just thinking diorama, dio field, could be dio field, but I don't think anyone says diorama. So uh, I'm going to say dio field for now. Okay. Uh, but definitely it looks really good. I don't like the trailer was short, so it's kind of hard to tell what the actual strategy is because it seemed like a mix of real-time and tactics because it seemed like as the characters were moving you could perform moves 
while it's going on. So I don't know if there's like real time elements to it or not, but it just gives me, you know, good strategy vibes, right? Kind of similar to Fire Emblem and it's, you know, styling of this old English kind of characters and thematics and, you know, the three ruling kingdoms of there is these two kingdoms at war and then there's a neutral kingdom and then this is all happening in the neutral kingdom, right? That doesn't want to be involved in the other two warring kingdoms. So it's got the classic story. It looks visually pleasing, right? It's got the Square Enix particle effects on it. You know, they summon Bahamut in part of the trailer and he like casts Mega Flare and it like wow. brains the entire screen. And it looks really cool. So I'm super excited for this, mostly because... I love JRPGs. I love strategy RPGs. And it seems like in 2022, we're just getting a lot of them. We're getting a feast. I also, um, on the PlayStation blog, it does mention a line for this particular game. Realistic diorama style battle scenes, richly detailed depictions of the environments and cultures of this island of Diofield, combined with a unique diorama style visuals to create a beautiful yet easy to follow spectacle. So I think you're on the right track. Did they not name, did they not pronounce the no, game? No, they did okay. the classic, it like, light shines over and then the word forms and then no one says anything. So okay, yeah. it was just like, it's on the screen. Do you feel, die feel? But yeah. That, yeah. So the fact think, that they use diorama in the description, I feel like it's going to be die field. Yeah, I think you're right. Matt, did you have any feels about that one? Not really. Intrigue or not really? Honestly, okay. a lot of the rest of the state of play kind of blended itself together there was a lot of square there was just a a lot of like there was gundam at one point which i've never been like i know that there has a huge following for gundam it looked like a kind of bootleg overwatch it looked just like the ui of overwatch it did not look as clean as overwatch and it didn't look like it had the character of overwatch so there was a lot of those kind of like middling experiences that there's probably going to be an audience for it's just not for me it started off um with dinosaurs like like a mech versus dinosaur and the dinosaurs come in like a weather pattern and there's just like a a faucet that opens basically in the sky and there's just a thousand dinosaurs that fell from the sky it was the strangest thing it was like they showed like a forecast it's like oh monday's dinosaurs Tuesday and Wednesday, sunny. Thursday, dinosaurs again. It was just like, what? what? That's how they started it. And I was like, what is this? Did I tune into the wrong thing? Um, so there was like a lot of just random stuff that I will not be doing anything Partake. with. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Overall, do you think this was like, if I had to force your hand and give me a grade, there are pluses and minuses. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to use a plus or minus. Give me a good old fashioned American grade on this thing. Mm. It's tough. I would say maybe C plus. And that's okay. mainly because Returnal. Like okay. that brought me there. If Returnal wasn't there, this would probably be a C minus or D for me. Just personally, okay. there's just like not a lot that was shown that is my cup of tea. And so I'm sure there's some people I was on Twitter right afterwards and there were like one person's like, that's the worst state of play I've ever seen in my life. And then literally the next person I followed said, 
wow, that's one of the best state of plays I've ever seen in my entire... Like, it just depends on, like, what right. what tickles your fancy. Oh. But for me, Returnal was it for me. That was that was, that was was my height. Okay. I, I do want to have a disclaimer. Of course, we, the three of us, respect all developers and know that so much work and yeah. love and yep. just progress goes into all these games. But mm-hmm. these are our personal, you know, grades. And I did force both of their hands. So, Alex, what grade do you give this state of play? I think easily it's a B minus, mostly because for the fact that when they announced it, they said it was going to be 20 minutes and mostly focused on Japanese developers, I think Mm -hmm. is just a good way to set expectation to say, hey, you know, this isn't there is some stuff from other studios, right? Like Returnal and Housemark. uh, But most of this will be Japanese oriented. So, right, we had like Matt pointed out, a lot of Square Enix. We had uh, Capcom with Exoprimal, which was that dinosaur game. And then we had Bethesda uh, and Tango Gameworks come out with Ghostwire Tokyo. And Konami even with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Collection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, the fact that it's 20 minutes, it was short, sweet, definitely just earns a B- minus because there were some standouts. You know, I was surprised with the Returnal update, free update even, uh, and I was surprised with the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fighting game and kind of the few other things they announced. So I think the shortness of it made it better, and there were things to like. Not to say there was a thing for everyone's tastes, but at least I found a few things I liked. Awesome. I think I'm... Well, I know I'm definitely excited to watch the Forspoken trailer uh, yeah. after our talk. But, good point. you know, what I'm going to switch to next is you know switching gears to one of my favorite things to talk about on this show which is what we've been playing it's been a little bit since we've kind of talked in detail of what what we've been doing i guess playing and watching um i know we've sprinkled in things like last week i talked about Arceus a little bit i know we've mentioned elden ring but i just wanted to ask what you all have been doing in your free time lately who wants to start I could start, you know. Okay. It's mostly two things. One, Gran Turismo 7, it's out. You know, we finally have it, or I finally have it in my hands. And I haven't played a lot of it because of the other thing I've been playing. But I want to say this. There is a lot to the beginning of Gran Turismo 7 before you can unlock multiplayer. And I'm very baffled as to why they gate. I guess the access to multiplayer is so far behind, but I guess they want to focus on the single player content, right? Because this is a mainline Gran Turismo. They encourage you to, you know, go through all the events, right? The license tests, the world circuits, the single player content, which I do appreciate, right? Coming off of Gran Turismo Sport, which was lacking in the uh, single player content, you know, that was more multiplayer focused. But I'm definitely intrigued that they decided to gate multiplayer so far behind but i guess they wanted to make sure people uh understood how to race properly um so i still haven't unlocked it yet i i kind of just want to play at least to get there you know because a few of my buddies have picked it up but we Mm -hmm. can't play together yet so it is that dichotomy of like hey guys we're all excited but go play the game for three hours by yourself by yourself (laughs) yeah and then and then we can race each other online you know like my uh you know, Mazda Miata versus your Toyota Camry, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, but besides that, you know, maybe a future episode down the line, I'll talk about more of uh, my Gran Turismo 7 adventures. But similar to what Matt's been playing, 
still playing Elden Ring, almost done with Elden Ring. And this isn't going to be a comprehensive review or anything. You know, maybe we do a peer review of this. Maybe not. Who knows? You know, maybe you'll get my Twitter thoughts about this. Um, but I definitely think this is a game that surprised me. I know I kind of got it on a whim, mostly because I saw the review scores come out. And, you know, I guess at this point in my life, I've kind of made the effort to say, hey, if these things, you know, if games come out and they're really highly rated, that I should try them, you know, even if it's not mm-hmm. necessarily something that's in my normal wheelhouse, you know, as a person that enjoys video games, I feel like it's kind of like when you see movies get, you know, awards and stuff, kind of like how Parasite won awards, you know, I watched it after the fact. And while it wasn't necessarily something I super agreed with, at least I saw something that a lot of people thought was very well done. Um, and so I kind of feel the similar way to games where when these average, uh, scores come out right and this was sitting at what i think a 97 on metacritic you know one of the highest rated games of all time uh that i felt like i should experience this game right to at least have the knowledge to say is this worthy of a 97 not to say i've played every game that's a 97 uh but at least recently right now that you know kind of more of an adult have more free cash on hand to kind of spend on things picked it up and i'd say I don't think it's a 97, but I can understand why people out there might. And I think there's a lot to like, and there's also a lot to not like about this game. But definitely, I think there is something in it for a lot of people. Maybe not in terms of accessibility, but at least in gameplay. And I think that's kind of the core, right, of video games is how do I play the game? And I think this game does a great job in being a little bit more, if not the most accessible uh, Souls-like, or at least from software game that they've released. So definitely, I think it's a, uh, it's a good, it's been a good ride, in in the journey to the platinum trophy. Okay. How how long have you spent in Elden Ring? So right now, I think my save is at sixty-two hours. Gotcha. So we're probably gonna clock in around sixty-three. I think for you know about an hour more to get, finish that platinum. Gotcha. Sweet. Yeah, I have logged in as of this afternoon have logged in 50 hours right on the dot. Um, I am not even halfway through this game. I am definitely playing a a little bit different than Alex. Um, I am not saying, you know, Alex is doing his own thing and, like, killing it. I don't know how he's getting there so quickly. But (laughs) I am basically just, like, digging for secrets and looking for things because i like from software is one of my favorite developers of all time like this was always going to be one of my games of the year and honestly it's going to take some type of miracle for this not to be my game of the year like i I already know like this this is just the formula that i love um and that's how i how i like games like this is this is this is it like it is very um very different this is the one open world that I'm not overwhelmed with. And I think a lot of it is how they develop their quests and how they kind of, they don't handhold you. And so you don't get into a point where you have 10 quests in your menus and you're like, oh gosh, I gotta like clean up some of these or I'm just gonna go crazy. No, you you have little bits of lines that someone tells you that they're gonna go do something and you can go find them or you can just leave them alone it doesn't matter and i I think that's really fun and creative and there's just such a like 
wealth and diversity in the settings here and i haven't seen them all like that's the fun part like i'm only halfway through and so there's so much uh that i haven't seen and so i i'm i'm loving the game just absolutely loving the game i have really dug in my heels of like finding all the different secrets and optional bosses and i am if i <laughs> if i find myself in the fourth realm dying to the same boss over and over and over again, I am going to wait and I'm going to train and kill that boss and not move on. And that's how I play Souls games. Like that is, that's the, that's the part that's more accessible with this game because it's so open world. If you are just like banging your head against the wall, against the boss, because just kicking your butt, well, it doesn't matter. You can like go anywhere else. There's so many different places that you can go. You don't have to be pigeonholed into this. All the other Dark Souls, no, you have to get through them. You have to get through this boss, and so you better just get good or turn off the game. But I'm still stuck in that Souls-like where it's like, no, this is the boss, and I need to beat this boss. It one-shots me, and so I have to basically play a no-hit boss fight and that's what I've done like that's what I've done with a lot of bosses and it's just to me that's the fun in it and that's what drives me to like want to play this game the cool part is though I'm loving that Alex is loving this I I never would have thought that Alex was going to platinum it like I think that's just like a testament of the game and it may not be perfect and I respect that opinion um but even Yasser who is not a Souls game like that he is not into Souls games he's playing it too and it's cool to just see like all my friends play it that have like so much different uh, preferences in video games. So I, I think that it's really kind of being more accessible to a newcomer. And that's maybe not accessibility as far as difficulty options, but accessibility of like, hey, if you want to try out these things, give it a whirl. Um, and so I love it. I, I think it's a ton of fun. And yeah, it's it's likely going to be my game of the year. But honestly, I probably have another 100 hours probably that I'm going to spend. Like just knowing me, I'll probably spend probably another 100 hours. So this will this will be a meaty boy for for 2022. And so if God of War Ragnarok comes out, like it has some work to do to beat God or uh, Elden Ring. Wow. That's a statement. I mean, it's really nice to hear how you're living your best life right now. Yeah. Um, so I I think I mentioned last week that I was playing Mario Odyssey. I rolled credits. Nice. In it. I was, and I unlocked a couple extra levels and stuff. I haven't really gone back to those yet. I did mess around in Peach's Castle and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed my time with the game. Uh, I think my Nintendo Switch clock said that I spent a little over 10 hours. Or it said, like, I've played 10 hours or more um, because that's Mm -hmm. as precise as we get with these freaking Nintendo games. (laughs) And uh, I really liked it. Like, I was very surprised at how much I liked it. I really am not so much into a platformer, like, or not that much into platforming. Um, but this game really just was really joyful and it was like easy enough or very forgiving with the moons you needed to find. Like, mm-hmm. I know there's like over 800 moons or something, but they only wanted, you know, like we need 15 moons or even like 12 moons or something or another level is like we need mm-hmm. 25 moons and I could find them anywhere. And just like a little bit of curiosity, like, oh, there's a bump here. Can I slam it down? 
and it's like yeah and then i found a moon uh that's that was really neat so then that made me like really excited for kirby and the forgotten land so i went ahead and got the demo for that i enjoyed it i finished the demo i do have to say though that i guess i i feel like the internet thought kirby was gonna be like mario odyssey in the sense of like maybe open world-esque but Mm -hmm. it's not like the demo basically confirmed with me. I think Matt even asked the question of like, hey, is it sort of like a sack boy style game? And I'm going to say yes. I think it's more like, you know, select a level, complete a level. There are collectibles that you can go out and find. I definitely didn't find all of them. Like in one of the demo levels, it said to find like five red flowers. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, I'd only found four red flowers. And I was like, whoa. It's hidden somewhere. So, like, for me, when I was playing it, I was like, is this baby's first RPG? <laughs> like, that, like, like, that's the vibe that I got. But, I mean, there are some, like, mysteries in there. I think for Kirby, though, that is groundbreaking. Because I don't think the other Kirby games really had, like, optional things you could do in levels. So, I think for that series, it, it might be something that is an advancement. But, yeah, definitely when you look at the progression of things as a whole you're like oh optional tasks to do in a level like that's been done before many times over yeah yeah but i i really i really liked it uh but one thing that i really am excited to shout out is i binged watch an apple tv plus show called the after party part of the reason why i binge watched it is number one it was excellent show number two i had like four days remaining in my apple plus tv subscription thank you playstation thank you sony for giving me six months of apple tv plus for having a PlayStation not sponsored Live. not sponsored but i wish it were sponsored so <laughs> let me tell you the premise do do you guys like murder mysteries i do love murder mysteries I mean, Knives Out, one of my favorite movies of the past few years. Yes. Okay. Excellent. So, you know, Murder on the Orient Express, Knives Out, uh, the Hulu show, Only Murders in the Building. This show is a murder mystery, but it's a comedy. The creators of the after party are the creators of the Lego movie Into the Spider-Verse, Mitchell's in the Machines. Do I have your attention? You do. Okay. So hear me out. Matt, have you heard of this show? Have no, you heard of heard the of Okay, so I'm telling you now. The show takes place at a high school graduation. There is a class of 2006 having a 15-year school uh, reunion, which is weird. You know, like, who does that? But guess what? They talk about why. They're, one of their classmates became a super megastar, a la, like, Usher... Or like, you know, Drake or, you know, like a pop sensation played by Dave Franco and his name is Xavier and he's a little pretentious D-bag. But guess what? At the beginning, he dies. Oh, my gosh. So he's dead. So then we spend the rest of the show (laughs) with Detective Tiffany Haddish interviewing every single character and by every single character, you know, like main like main characters Uh because there's about eight episodes in the show. Interviewing every character about their comings and goings that night to to solve the murder of pop sensation Dave Franco's character. Each episode is played out like a different genre of TV and movie. 
because Tiffany Haddish, as a detective, tells everyone she wants to know their mind movie. She wants to know what their perception of how events took place took place. Okay. First episode, rom-com style. Second episode, heist movie style. Third episode, musical and more. It is a great show. 40 minute episodes. I was binge. I literally found out about it on like a Wednesday. And then I'm like, I was like, you know, Thursday, I was like, finish. I was wrapping it up. And then I couldn't even watch the last episode because that Friday, the episode was coming out. So then I was like taken aback. I was like, no, who's the murderer? Like, I just, it was great. Who was the murderer? No, don't say it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it to find out. Oh, also, Matt, Ben Schwartz is also in this show. Wow. John Ralphio. John Ralphio. Don't be suspicious. Sonic. Don't be suspicious. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, the show is great. And I think I can't remember how to pronounce her name. Like Ilana Glazer. Uh, A couple other famous peeps. Like, honestly, so much enjoyment. Season two was confirmed. I think Tiffany Haddish is going to like, as a detective, is going to like... um, was res- like continue to be her own character and it's likely a different mystery situation but yeah it's also quite funny i laughed a lot like i hundo p recommend this show to any- mm-hmm. to everybody that's pretty interesting um one mario odyssey still my favorite switch game to this point fantastic um two it's interesting that you uh, watched a show about a murder mystery because I've also been watching a show on Netflix called Murderville. Have you guys heard of this? Yes. So that's on has, Netflix. Um, Why did I think it was on a different platform? Oh no, you tell me. Tell me about Murderville. Tell me yeah, about so, Murderville. Yeah. Um, so Murderville, I, th- I believe it started off as a British comedy show, um, but like they they brought it over to America. Um, so it, it stars Terry Seattle, who, um, is played by Will Arnett. (laughs) And so, um, his character is called Terry Seattle and he is just like this detective that is eccentric and is crazy. And the entire episode is scripted except for one character, which is their, their, mystery guest character that comes in so the first episode has conan o'brien playing himself and so wait a second what is happening so conan o'brien comes in he does not have a script he has no idea what's going on will arnett and everybody know they they have an episode in mind of like bringing in clues because they're trying to figure out who murdered someone and so they like interview uh suspects together they do crazy things um it turns into kind of like an impractical jokers where he tells conan to like um improv and like say what he's telling him to say like it just gets crazy and it's really funny and it's just like a stupid fun time and at the end the whole time the um guest detective whether it's like conan o'brien they have uh camille nanjiani uh, they have um, okay. Dr. Ken, uh, Ken, Ken Jung. Jung? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like those are a few of the, the guests in the first season. They have to deduce from all of these clues that were being dropped because when they're interviewing them, of course, they're laughing the entire time because it's just ridiculous some of the things that they do. Um, 
but they have to like still pay attention to some of the clues that they're being given. And at the end of the episode, they have to decide who's guilty out of the three suspects. And then the chief will tell them if they did it right or wrong. It's just really funny. I, I think it's, um, it's just my favorite part about it is that these are generally all comedians. There is like a um, pro football player, um, Marshawn Lynch, who's like, he's like known to be a little bit over the top. So I'm excited to watch that episode. Um, but these are generally comedians that have good improv skills, but also they like break the fourth wall because sometimes it gets so ridiculous that they just have to laugh. And the actors that have the script are laughing because of course like Conan O'Brien is improving and being hilarious in front of you like you can't help yourself but laugh it's just it's just a lot of fun I I would definitely recommend it they're very small episodes and there's only like six of them so I'm um, really easy to binge I've been w- watching it while I eat dinner and stuff like they're they're a really good time so it's essentially almost like a game show kind of like but like a scripted ga- dude or that like- sounds like celebrity reality tv yeah celebrity reality like escape room murder mystery thing yeah it's funny because like i've been skipping around the episodes conan o'brien used to doing improv like that is his like go-to just a professional just like stone cold faced making these hilarious lines like act he seemed like he had a script but it's just because he's so talented as a comedian ken jung laughing the entire time he just can't keep himself together like he's just like saying stuff and just like just cackling laughing to himself because he's just like so excited and just like oh it's just so much fun it's good to see like their personalities outside of whatever they're doing whether it's senior chang or anything like it's just it's i'm into this yeah i'm because i love a good murder mystery your girl loves a good murder like the murder mysteries are very kind of like (laughs) probably not as intense as anything else um mm-hmm. but you know the comedy part is, is great awesome yeah okay i think that was our episode today what a fun time talking you know i can't also looking out for some games in the future state of play mm-hmm. showed us some gems maybe and then uh, we'll get back to you when we're playing some more things later but yeah this was episode 63 of the rxp podcast many thanks to grandmaster doug for the hot tunes and if you would like to write in and comment down below you can uh you know comment below this video or you could tweet at us at rxp underscore podcast or email us at rxp.podcast at gmail.com don't forget to like and subscribe thanks for your time bye a week after chaos it is a small pink ball